0: Welcome to Journey to Motherhood, the podcast that has conversations with women who yearn for parenthood and are contemplating or are going through or have gone through so-called unconventional or unspoken of experiences to get there. My desire is that this becomes one of those helpful resources and that the stories of the people who participate will help anyone listening to realize that they are not alone. Welcome everyone. Today I'm in studio with Emma, who has a beautiful story of adoption to share with us. Welcome Emma. Thank you. Emma, tell me about when you decided you wanted to become a mother. What made you decide?
1: So my story is quite different, but maybe also similar to other moms. I grew up in a very big family, a big Catholic family with so many siblings, And with both my mom and my dad. And when I was growing up, I knew I was going to become a mom, but I thought I was going to follow the traditional path, get married like all my siblings had done, get married and have children. And I really was going to do that. Then, uh, as I was growing older in my 20s, I started thinking about, oh, maybe at some point I need to have a child. And um, yeah, like the process was just going, finding a boyfriend and. But then something just wasn't sitting right, like the whole traditional way of having, starting a family, finding a boyfriend, getting married, and then uh, having children. Um, and then one time at the company where I was working, we had um, one of our CSR programs. We had gone to an orphanage, and I met kids there that did not have parents that were waiting to be adopted or being fostered. That's when I knew that I was going to be a mom, but we are an adopted child. But having said that, I thought, okay, I was going to have some biological children of my own and then adopt a child. And at that stage, when I was um, the person that I was dating, I did discuss that, those kind of options to say, we can have some some of our biological children and adopt some children. And I did not fly very well with them, but it didn't put me off. I just thought, okay, one day I will find somebody, a partner that will agree to
0: what I wanted to do. So at that point, you're still thinking, I'll still have biological children, but you definitely know, I also want to adopt a child.
1: Yes, yes, that's what I was thinking. Mm. Um, then when I was in my 30s, uh, I was still not married. I still didn't have biological children, so I didn't have an adopted child. Then I started thinking that having a child, I should not attach having a child to being married. Mm. So I thought, okay, the easiest thing for me to do was to have the adopted child then get married if mm-hmm. somebody came along. Then I would get married to them and then we can proceed to having biological children of our own. And um, and I think the journey for me was I am an individual and I have made this decision and I will do it, whether mm-hmm. with a partner or without a partner, whether we do it together or we, I do it by myself, but that was still going to happen. The children that I had met them just stuck to me and I think the stories that we were told and how I could be part of solving the situation. I thought, this is a calling for me, and I was going to do it.
0: You felt it deeply, like, yeah.
1: Yes, I, and, and surprisingly, I did talk to a whole lot of people about it, but um it was just one of those things that I would talk in passing. It's like, oh, I remember that time it was a six-year-old daughter, girl, that I saw that I was like, I want to have her. And I didn't even know what the process of adoption was all about, how I was going to do it, but I just knew I was going to do it at some point in my
0: life. That's interesting. So, sorry, now I'm taking you down different uh, rabbit holes, right? <laughs> but, but so even an older child, you would have adopted an older child because you, you saw a six-year-old and you you were you were you felt an attachment to the six-year-old. Yes. So you were just like, I want to be part of solving a challenge with children who don't have parents. I want that to be part of my story to becoming a mother. Um, and I'm open to the process.
1: Exactly. Wow. So that's what I thought at that stage. But I went through different emotions and different ways of thinking about it. Then eventually, it was one of those things that it would come in my mind. Then sometimes it would go away and I'd just go on with my life. And I think I should just also mention that for, for me, it wasn't a fertility issue at all. Mm. I never tried getting pregnant. And as far as I'm concerned, there was no reason why I could not have fallen pregnant. Mm. So I could have either gotten married or just gotten somewhere and have a baby and then moved on. But I think for me, it wasn't really about the falling pregnant or following that route of falling pregnant and having a baby. It was more about a baby that's already there that I could be a mum to. Mm. And then if I got married, then I would go the traditional route of falling pregnant and then having more kids. Mm. So then eventually I started asking questions on how adoption works and who is eligible to adopt. But I wasn't very serious about it at that stage. Not like serious that I was going to adopt, but I think at that stage I was not ready. I was not maybe emotionally ready or mature enough or did have enough resources to adopt. So it was always something that I was thinking about, but just putting it off. Then one day, I was looking. I was chatting to a friend of mine, a colleague where I worked, and I was looking at her at pictures of her children. I saw two kids that looked similar, and another child, the youngest, wasn't like looked slightly different, like mm. slightly different. And I was laughing with her, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, what did you do? Did you cheat on your husband? I mean, <laughs> this child looks different <laughs> from the other two children." Then she was like, no, no, I'll tell you the story. I adopted him. And I think for me, that was the moment that I knew. That moment, I was like, there's no turning back now. And I started talking to her to find out uh, the process, what she went through or how it works to adopt a child. And she ran me through like a series of processes of what people go through and how she got to adopt the child that she had. And that was it. Then I was convinced, this is it. I need to do this. Um, I started speaking to a few people. I spoke to my family, to my sisters and brothers. Then I, sp- I sent one of my sisters to speak to my mom, to speak to my mom about it. And then she went to speak to my mom, and my mom just said, okay, no, i have heard her. Then she had a call with me and then to just ask me a few questions about how ready I was to do this and what that meant. It was more... There was no such thing as, no, you can't adopt or whatever. It was just like logistics, literally. Really? "Um, How are you going to do this as a a single parent? What if you fall sick? What if the child is sick? What about work? That's what she asked. So I said, and uh, I ran through what I had in my mind at that stage. This is what I'm thinking. This is how I'm going to do it. And then she was like, I give you my blessings. And that was it. Then I made a phone call to my older brother, the oldest in my family. And I told him that, no, I have decided to adopt uh, a little girl. And he was like, oh, finally, I'm like, what do you mean? He was like, no, because we know, we have always known this is what you're going to do, but we're just waiting when you were going to be ready. So I was like, I didn't know that. He was like, because you've been talking about it and we, we know, we knew. So, and, and he just asked me the process, do you know who you're adopting? I was like, I haven't even started the process yet. Then I went on a journey to find out how you do adoptions in South Africa and went on Google, found out social workers and uh, adoption agencies, started making appointments. I remember the first appointment that we went to, um, I went with a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. appointment at seven o'clock it was at the lady's house she had an adoption agency but she was also a social worker chairperson of social workers or something like that but she was big in that field Mm. so i went to see her and started talking about what if i was eligible to adopt because at some point or maybe i was not informed properly but i i wasn't too sure
0: as a single parent if i was allowed to adopt a child yes there is this kind of myth I suppose or whatever that if you're single you won't be allowed to adopt. Exactly. I
1: think at some point that was the case but it, things have changed a lot and I learned so much that um, it was. she gave us a lot of information but some of it was scary, some of it, also, it was almost like oh my gosh can I really do this? And obviously there was um, a fee attached to it. Mm. So she told us I think her adoption agency, the fee was something like fifty thousand or something like that. Wow! So is that, that fee is—it uh, is a lot. And I think there's also that misconception that people have that you are buying a child. It's almost like lobola, right? Mm. You're paying lobola and saying, "Oh, you're buying your wife." Mm. No, that's not the case. So there is a reason that you why you pay that fee. And she she broke it down to us on what goes to where. what And of, of mm-hmm. course, she also gets to be paid commission, that agency. You pay the agency fees and they social workers fees as well. That's like a whole lot of things that was going on. We came back with my friend completely drained. The information was just too much. And my friend was like, friend, if you really want a child, I am okay to surrogate for you. I'll carry <laughs> that, that baby <laughs> for you, and I'll give you that baby. You are not paying 50,000 rand. Right? So I was like, no, no, no this is not. that's not the point. It's not about making a child to make me a mother. I want to adopt a child that's already there, a child that does not have a mom, and I do not have children, and I will take that child on, and that child will be mine. So it's not about me going to make a baby, with by myself or you carrying the baby for me. So let's not talk about you carrying a baby for me. I can carry my own baby, but let's let's work on the babies <laughs> that are already there. So we got home, and I think she probably slept at my house that day. We talked all night on what else we needed to do, what the next step was. Mm. Um, but that lady had given us contact details of a series of, um, of a number of adoption agencies. So I started contacting people. Some of them were almost i would say dodgy a little bit because i contacted a certain lady she was like oh okay are you ready now i was like no no i'm co- I'm completely <laughs> ready she was like I've, I've got a child she's two years old like she's telling me about a child and she doesn't know me and i just thought wow. i don't think that's what i want to do anyway then i contacted another agency and we made an appointment and they run through what they do there and um and I think I learned quite a lot of things, like something what they call adoptable children. For me, at that stage, then I decided I wanted to adopt a newborn baby or mm. closest to a newborn, somebody that would only know me as their mother. Mm. I know that's a little bit selfish, but maybe that's a beauty of adoption that you have got, you can choose. Mm. So when I say shoes, it's not like you go in a shop the way you shop on shoes. It's like, I try on this one, no, I don't like it. Maybe mm-hmm. I like pink. But you can give like a range of what you're looking for. I knew that I wanted to adopt a girl because I thought it was going to be easier for me as a single mom. Mm-hmm. So so things like that. Uh, you can, I suppose you can choose the age range. You can choose race. Uh, and a few other things as well. Okay. So I went there, and then she was telling us that not all the children that are in orphanages are eligible for adoption. Oh. So every child goes through a process, and then after that process is completed, you have the children that are called adoptable children. So what that means, sometimes you'd have a child that has been um, abandoned. The agencies are not just going to take that child and have, give it another family to adopt. They can foster that child, but not adopt a child until they have exhausted all legal ways to find the parents and then to get the parents to consent. So you could have a child up until they're 18 years old that has not been legally certified as adoptable. I did not realize this. Yeah, so I learned all sorts of things and uh, I suppose adopting a newborn is a little bit difficult unless if you know the parents as you've already agreed on that because the parents, both parents have to sign and they contact the grandparents, uh, siblings and everybody. Everybody has to be, this, like the immediate, the first biological family has to kind of like... Consent. The, consent, not consent as but almost like they have to go through all the... With everybody to just make sure that there isn't anybody in the family that can keep that child. So when they have exhausted all that, then that child is legally adoptable. So that's why, like adopting a newborn, the newborn is a little bit difficult than adopting a six-month-old person mm-hmm. because they have gone through the process mm-hmm. and they give the biological parents a chance to change their minds as well. I think something like three months or something. Mm-hmm. Once they list, then they can change their minds like, "No, I don't want my child adopted anymore." I want to keep the child or I want the child to be fostered until I'm able to keep the child for whatever reason, whatever the reasons uh, they might be. So, and then what you do is you go through a process. It was, it's a process between three and six months to kind of like assess and just make sure that you are really going to do this process and you're not going to back out on a child that has already been assigned to you. And the adoption that I did was a blind adoption, which means um, you do not meet the pa- the biological parents and they do not meet you. You have some information about them, then they would also have some information about you, but that's as far as it goes. And they would not be able to contact the child up until they're 18 years old, and the child would also not be contacting uh, the family up until they're 18 years old. So that's a route that I chose.
0: And so so, you, you, so does this mean that you, you get in touch with or the agency connects you with a pregnant woman or is it just as a woman gives birth, there they, are women who already say we are open to a blind adoption process and then that becomes the pool of children that's available? That's correct. Okay.
1: So it could be a pregnant person, it could be somebody that has got a, a, a child that's already born okay. and it goes through that process. Um, so that's what I chose at that stage to say. I prefer the blind adoption, mm. and but you do get information about how the a, a bit of information about the background of what the biological parents and the child as the child is at that stage, and you go through medical tests. Same thing with the with the child until the day they say they come to you and say that uh, we have found a match for you so they do the matching for you you don't go and pick you don't go in and offer generations okay if we've got 10 adoptable children pick one it doesn't work like that they match your characteristics your family background the child's background and then they match the child with you and uh, before I could meet my daughter I had to go through antenatal classes as well that was really helpful for me because in as much as I had looked after children I had raised, I helped my sisters raise their children I literally did not know how to look after a baby by myself. Wow. I could not change a baby's diaper. I could not make formulas. So. <laughs> and things to look out for, and what you needed to buy and that sort of thing and but my my family was very very helpful. I went on a trip to see one of my sisters and overseas, literally, we went to buy baby clothes. We, she had a whole wardrobe <laughs> before she came to me. I had two baby showers, one at the office and one with my friends. We kind of like, oh, I would say, I kind of like knew the age range, but I wasn't too sure how old mm. my daughter was going to be by the time I get her. Then I went through the whole antenatal process. Then I was given a picture. I was shown a picture of her. You don't understand how I fell in love immediately, and I just looked at her. I was like, "That's my daughter. That is my daughter." And I went home. And this this
0: is the first time you're seeing her. I'm seeing her. Yes.
1: They showed me a picture of her when she was three months old, and I saw her and I was like, "Oh my gosh." I just see my daughter. This is my daughter. Like, this is it. Wow. I went home with so... I was just so happy and so scared. I was just terrified. I'm like, oh my gosh, have I, have I done right by her? Mm. I'm a single parent. Would Children not want to pick a family where there is a mom and a dad. Is mm. this the right thing for me to do? And I had mixed emotions. i be being selfish about this. Mm. But then I thought... Given the information that I had been given about children that are waiting to be adopted, I'm like, I'm not a bad person at all. At all. I'm not a bad person. I just want to be a mom. And I want to be a mom to a child that does not have a mom. Mm. And I, I think I was given, I was shown the picture, say, on a Friday. Then my first time, the first time that I was meeting her on the Monday, the following Monday, so the whole weekend, but then that time I was given her age and everything and how much she weighed and that sort of thing. And I realized that everything that I had bought was way too big for her.
0: <laughs> or oh, this so, is too big, not too small. <laughs> yes. She it was, grow into exactly. It. <laughs> it was like everything was
1: was so big. I wasn't ready. So that weekend, and well, then I went on maternity leave. I had to go to work and say, I am studying my maternity leave. And this is it. Mind, I'm not coming to work. I'm starting the process. I'm meeting my daughter on Monday. Then, uh, from the Monday that week, I was going to go through the court process and then take my daughter home. So on Monday, I dressed up, got ready. I was nervous. I was nervous as hell. I had taken a blanket that, um, I had bought from the overseas trip that I had gone to. That was like my first thing that I was taking to her. And I took a toy and I went there and, uh, there were a few kids playing uh, on the floor, and some were being paid, but we were sitting on other people's uh, laps and stuff. And I saw her, and I just knew so that's her. That's a- she was a tiny little person, and I just knew that's my daughter. And they allow you to play with her, spend the whole day there, and we started feeding her, changing her. They showed me how to her, what she liked, what she didn't like. I stayed there, and I think the hardest thing was to leave her that day to go back home. Oh. I was like, I have met her, why is she not coming home with me?
0: Do you feel this bond already?
1: Yes, and I had been nervous about that. I had been nervous to say, what if I meet her and then I don't connect with her? What mm-hmm. if I, I see her and I don't say, this is my daughter? Mm-hmm. But I saw her and I was like, this is my daughter. And I was like, I'm your mom. And she was just looking at me. Mm-hmm. She missed her nap day that day. She didn't want to sleep. And I think she also felt a connection. I stayed with her the whole day and I went home. And the following day when I came, and the, the people at the orphanage were like, as soon as the dead went after you left, she was just looking. She was just looking to see where you were. Oh, wow. So as soon as I got there, she was like, she put her head up and she was smiling. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she recognizes me. She knows I'm her mom. Wow. So I spent that day again with her. It was on a Tuesday. I had a court uh, appointment on Wednesday. So what that means is you go to court and you get a temporary adoption order. I can't remember whether it was a magistrate or a judge or whoever we met uh, was talking to me to say that we are trusting you with this child. We are trusting you to love this child and to look after this child as if you gave birth to her. That's not a small responsibility Mm. to take. So you have to be absolutely sure that you can do this and i was like of course <laughs> there wasn't even <laughs> any done, but it was very emotional it was a very emotional moment for me mm. and and i suppose that's the difference between giving birth and then adopting a child you get to be scrutinized and you get to go through raw emotions i would say because you're thinking i just want to be a mom mm but everybody else, because they don't know you from scratch. Mm-hmm. It's the responsibility of the social workers
0: to make sure that you are doing this in the good intentions of the child. Mm-hmm. What does that entail, being scrutinized? What would what does that vetting process entail? The whole six months that I was going through
1: the vetting process, as you call it, mm-hmm. they talk about your background. They talk about the boyfriends that you have dated. They talk about... Your family and I remember a question that I was asked, and like, oh, so are you jealous that your sisters have got children and you do not have children?
0: Really? <laughs> and I was like,
1: I could go in the streets and find a guy and fall pregnant if that's what I wanted to do, but and I, I could but get I don't pregnant. Want to do it but that's way. not what I want to do. <laughs> I would like to adopt a child. You get to be treated close to a criminal, I would yeah. say. It was like bad every time I went there, I come back. I would go, I think my appointments were like like around 12 o'clock. I'd go there and then come back to the office. It was like so draining, so, so draining. And up until they kind of like get to a point where they're comfortable with you. And I think also they do that to just make sure that you are ready for this. Mm. And you look at them like, if I
0: wanted, I could get pregnant and just have a baby. Mm. But that's not what I want to do. Did you ever doubt the, the decision to adopt at any point in the process before you met your daughter? I mean, did you ever stop and say, oh, this is too much? No, no.
1: I was just, I was just annoyed with the process. I just did not understand. I, it was almost like I wanted somebody to get into my head and understand what was going through in my head. The point wasn't for me to adopt a child to just go and abuse a child or to show off that I've adopted a child. That was not what I wanted. I wanted to be a mom to a child that did not have a mom. And the closest to a newborn baby was my first preference, so that the child only knows me as their mom. I mm-hmm. did not. I think I wasn't ready to deal with other emotions come with a little bit older children. Mm-hmm. And there was a time that I was thinking, I think this process is easier with when you're doing with a partner because then you can share those emotions. I was mm-hmm. doing it by myself, yeah. and there were things that I probably never spoke about to anybody, and there were also things that you are not encouraged to share. Especially about the child that you have been matched with. And that's why I decided to go anonymous because I have not had this discussion with my daughter. Mm. And I would not want her to find it this way. So, when we are both ready, we are going to have that discussion on how she came into this world or came to be my daughter. Yes. So, because it's as much as it's my story, it's also her story because yes. she's here. Mm. And she is not at the age where she can consent to have her story shared like that.
0: I think that's fair.
1: Yeah. So anyway, there's a letter that my mom wrote me. Um, I wonder if I could read it out. Please,
0: please. Yes, please. This letter is very emotional. She
1: did not write it in English. So I'll just pick bits, parts of it. Um, first those greetings. And then she said... I got the message that you sent through your sister about what you have decided. I said to her that I will give you a response. That's why we had the phone call the other day and I asked you a series of questions. I am convinced that this is what God has called you to do. And you have answered God's calling. What I would like to say to you is, you do not decide how long you're going to love your child. You will love this child until the end of life. Whether the end of your life or whether the end of your daughter's life. I am happy for you. And I give you my blessings. And I will love this child the same way you will love her. And the same way I love all my grandchildren. I would name this child Nana. This is my mom's name, but we called my mom a different name, the same way you call me Mummy, but her name will be Nana, and she's welcome in our family. Oh, that's beautiful. I don't read this letter. I've kept it for my daughter. I will read it to her when she's old enough, when we have the discussion. I only read it once and I read it again yesterday. I was reading to my sisters. I've had this letter for years. I find it very emotional because I know her and I know exactly what she meant by this and how my daughter was welcomed in the family. So, yeah, that's my life. gets very emotional. And on a day-to-day, I don't see her as an adopted child. Maybe the first year, I was very conscious of that to say, I needed to do things right. Mm. And we just showered her with her so much love. And I, we just wanted her to feel so welcome in the family. The whole family was learning about her. We just, mm. because we had this little girl that did not have our genes, but we loved her so much. Mm. And uh, we spoiled her. We just needed to make sure that she, was, she felt she was at home, and she does. And now she's all grown. She's still under ten, and um, but she, we don't look at her differently from anybody else that was born in that family. Mm-hmm. She's ours. She's my daughter, and I love her so much. And I know my story is different from so many other people. I think it's one of those decisions that I made as an, an individual. It's not something that a lot of people would take because people don't think of it like that. Mm. I have had people or friends or strangers or even a church asking me why. I'm like, because I wanted to, because Mm. that's me. That's my individual choice that I made. My daughter has asked me questions. Like, for instance, she's asked me, she asked me this question when she was two years old Where's my dad? Mm. That took me off. Like, like, (laughs) I was like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) I was like, no, you don't have a dad. I was like,
0: okay. But mm. it comes up
1: from time to time. Then uh, recently she's been saying, I think you should get married, mom. You should get married so I can have a dad. So I'm like, why is it so important to have a dad? She's like, no, because most of the people that I know have got dads. So I'm like, I'm your, your mom and then your dad. I was like, okay. So she's not really bothered about the fact that she doesn't have a dad, but I think she would want because she also doesn't have a granddad. My dad passed. Um, I think she would just want to experience that. But I don't think she's missing anything uh, or she lacks anything in the parenting side. I'm just your average mom. I don't have a lot of money. I don't have like a lot of resources. All I have in me is love. I just wanted to love this child. And she is loved 100%, 100% and more. So, if anybody is wanting to go through that route, it's quite emotional. But I think you just need to know what you want Mm -hmm. as a person, as an individual. Some of the things are made, decisions are made sometimes by your community, by your family, by your boyfriend, by your husband. But also, you have to remember you, as an individual, you are capable of making a decision and sticking to it.
0: Yeah,
1: And I think that's what I did. And I suppose because I had that in me, it was so much easier for everybody in my family to just go along with it. In my family, I didn't have anything like, oh, but are you sure you want to do this? Oh, what does that mean? I didn't have any of that because they knew exactly what was in my heart and what I wanted to do. I still have, from time to time, some of my friends sending me messages like, oh, you are doing so great as a mom, but they're also moms. I'm like... What do, what, you mean? You mean? What, what do you mean? What does that make me <laughs> any different from you? Um, but I, I think it's the lack of knowledge mm. in the space. So I have learned to kind of like not get upset about that because people are not well informed about the decision that I made. Mm. Decision of adopting. And when I was adopting the social worker did mention to me that if everybody, if every family in South Africa adopted a child, we would not have orphanages because every child would have a family. And for me, I thought, wow, if I had enough resources, I could adopt again, but I just don't have the resources to raise another child. And I'm getting older now, so I don't have a lot of uh, energy to be waking up in the night and making (laughs) portals. Thank you (laughs) (laughs) to be making bottles and uh, changing nappies, but it was. I enjoyed looking back, the process I enjoyed the whole journey that I took to becoming a mother. Mm. At the moment when I was going through it, it was quite emotionally involving and exhausting. But never did I even think of backing out. Mm. I was gonna do it, and I knew I was gonna do it. I didn't know when or how, but I was going to do it, but and I was gonna do it legally, I was not gonna cut corners and then have comebacks later. I wanted to do this properly.
0: So one of the things that you said just resonated with me because being a single mom myself, one of my mantras is families are complete. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Families look different. Exactly. They some families have got one dad, some have got two. Some have got a mom and a dad. Some have got one mom. Some have got two moms. Exactly. And so what I find with my kids has helped is when they ask the question, inevitably they ask, you know, where's where's my dad? Yes. My daughter, she actually used to make up stories about her father. She had an imaginary father and she's got imaginary brothers. Oh, wow. Um, And she went through that phase. And I actually had to look at it and say, okay, I think this is just a normal way of her processing. Because whenever she'd ask, I'd say, you know what, baby, you don't have a father. But you've got me, you've got Nini, you've got Uncle Aubrey, you've got Aunt Heather, you've got Gogo, you've got Kule. So I'd, I'd, and I'd always say to her, that's family. Yes. You know, and I'd always just remind her that families are different. You know, obviously, as she gets older, you know, we will have a more robust discussion about how she came to be. But yes. the reality is, right now, all we need to know is you're loved. Exactly.
1: I've also gone through that to say, uh, not all families are the same. Mm. You do have small families, big families. I was born in a big family and that doesn't make me any different from what she is. Mm. She is in a small family, it's just me and her, mm. but the love is exactly the same. She's loved just as much as my mom loved me or my dad loved me. And she is loved by my sisters and my brothers and everybody else that knows her. She's a very easy child to love. Um. Yes, I do realize that when she is older, when she's 18 years old, she is eligible to go and have her file pulled out and then go through, if she would want to, to find out where she came from, her biological family. And I'm 100% committed to supporting her with that process. Mm. But I just feel she's a little bit too young now to go through that. I mean, she's still going through primary school and all sorts of things. I think it's just too much to take on. But there's no selfish reason why I'm doing it like that. It's just really to protect her and to just make her not question who she is, but you just feel loved mm. the way she is loved at the
0: moment. So question for you, mm. Um nature versus nurture. Yes. What are you seeing coming through?
1: You know, sometimes it does cross my mind to say, hmm, she can sing. My daughter can sing. I cannot sing to save my life. So she can sing really well. She has got so much energy. She wakes up with so much energy. I'm like, oh my gosh, can I just sleep just two more minutes, please? Two more minutes. So some of it I can see that's nature. And some of it I can see that's me. I can see sometimes the way she speaks, the way she she does certain things. I'm like, no, this is me. This is what she's picked up <laughs> from. Me being her mom, so but you you do pick up one of those things. But I don't think of her as an adopted child, as I did mention before. I look at as my daughter. I think the adoption thing has come up now that I'm talking to you. Yes. And sometimes when I go to the doctors and need medical history, then that would come up. Uh, but if anybody else that knows me or know know her,
0: they just know us as Emma and Naledi. Yeah. And the religious aspect because you grew up in a very strong catholic family yes has that ever been an issue no not at all
1: so what i did was when i first adopted her i went to the church because i wanted her to be baptized and catholics can be quite um sometimes catholics are hectic they have got certain rules and they did ask me who is her dad because, you know, when you just fall pregnant and then you go f- fall pregnant and you're part of the church, it discommunicates you for a little bit until you <laughs> <laughs> So, to being a full-time Christian. So I had to go through that. And then, but they, I did, did ask and I explained. And I remember the lady that I met first at the church. And I was telling, no, um, I adopted her. She was like, oh, so somebody just decided to abandon her. I'm like, no, please do not speak about things that you do not know. Mm. Nobody abandoned her. No. And you can't just judge just because I adopted and you just think somebody ad- abandoned her. Yes, people abandon children, but that's not the story. So just don't paint everybody with the same brush. And I did explain how I got to adopt her and she also like, said, oh, Poor thing. I mean, like, she's not a poor thing. No. <laughs> it's not a poor thing. Not shame me, but whatever. there's nothing like that. She is my daughter, and she's a gift. She's a gift to this world and to me and to my family. And I just wanted her to be baptized, so I went through. We we do through baptism classes. I went through with the rest of the family, and we got her baptized. And my sisters came, and we. One of them was is her godmother. And She came and helped me with the whole process. And I think just going back to the day that I, she came first came home, that day was, I was a mess. I don't know how, how often I changed her nappy. It was like maybe <laughs> <laughs> every 30 minutes, you just need to make sure that she was being looked after. Um, because it was a very emotional day at the orphanage where she was at. When I was picking her up, they asked me, but I had been prepared for it, they asked me if I had brought change of clothes, and I said I did. And literally, I just put her in the clothes that I had, I had uh, brought, and she leave everything behind, because they do not have individual things. Oh. They share clothes, they share things. So I had to leave whatever she was wearing that day when I got there behind. The only thing they gave me was the clothes she was wearing from the hospital to the orphanage. Oh. I have kept it for her in her memory box. Mm. And that's quite emotional. It was just just a set of emotions, mm. literally. But I don't think about those. I don't think about those emotions because those are my emotions. I think about the good times that I've had with her. or the messy things that I did on the first day <laughs> that she came home. I made a bottle and I don't know what was happening. I think I didn't close it properly. It was leaking. I threw away the milk. For me, it was a contaminated. I threw away the milk. I had to sterilize the bottles again. And my friend was like, you don't have to. She <laughs> didn't use it. She didn't even drink them. There's nothing wrong with them. Okay, just make another bottle. But I didn't know all these things.
0: But it's normal first-time mother behavior, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: And you're just so nervous. And I'm home. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I, she's also new in this house. She's just looking at me. We're just looking at each other. What do we do? So that day, she slept on me. Literally, oh, nice. I, I sat down. And she slept on me because I was scared. I'm like she stops breathing, and I think she was also scared. I was like, "Where am I?" And I've seen uh, when she was very, especially when she was still under two years old. Every time we went to a new place, she would just look around to just familiarize herself. It's like, I, I know this person. This person I've met before. I've been in this place before. That's how she would remember things. Yeah. So that day she was just looking around, and I showed her the house. I was like, "This is our fridge. This is our living room. Oh, this nice. is the bathroom," and. And I was also told that you talk to babies all the time because they hear you, they just can't respond to you. Yes. And you just prepare them. So if you have to go to work, you have to tell them, I'm going to work, I'll be back in the evening. So, yes, they might not understand the timing, but they would know They know that you are going yes. to come back. Mommy
0: always comes back. Mom That's always me.
1: comes back, exactly. Mm. And I was fortunate that where I was working, I was given the full four-month maternity leave. Nice. After negotiations, initially they said six weeks. I'm like, I'm not going to go home for six weeks, and then come back and leave a child that has not been in that child, or the in that child environment. Yeah. Exactly. So we had to change a few things, change the policy. Then eventually, I did get my four months um, maternity leave. So you
0: influenced the policy change at work. I
1: did. I did actually, and um, it was you know the HR policy, and we took that to the CEO to say this is a situation. He was like doesn't make you different from any other mom. Any other mother, yeah. So we changed the policy to four right. months. That was great. And that was like, and it was a relief. So as a, it was a lot of emotions. So you have to do that. Then you go back to the social workers that are treating you almost like half criminal. And then <laughs> you're dealing with your own emotions to say, am I doing the right thing by her? It wasn't about me. Eventually, it was about her. I was like, am I the right home for her? Mm. But anyway. That's in the past now. So, yeah. So the first week was amazing. Everybody wanted to come and see her. And I had great, great friends. Everybody would come. And every time they would come with lots and lots of presents for her. We had so much. I think I had so (laughs) much clothes and so much nappies that lasted us for like two years, actually. Wow. And clothes up until she was probably five or thereabouts. The
0: outpouring of love.
1: Yes. And, uh, yeah. And she's just like... uh, star in the family. I mean she's a singer in the family, she's a comedian of the family <laughs> and she my mom loves her, my sisters love her, and she's just this lovely daughter that I had.
0: Oh so looking back, yes. Would you change anything? Nothing at all.
1: And for me, I strongly believe that the lady was born to be my daughter. Mm-hmm. And I can't even say maybe I would have done it when I was a little much younger. I don't think then I wouldn't have met her.
0: Mm. so i would
1: have I would have been a mom to a different daughter, which is not what it is, and this is my daughter. she was born to be my daughter that I, I believe a hundred percent I love
0: that so what would you say to someone listening right now and potentially contemplating adoption or going through the grilling, feeling like a half criminal at this point in time? <laughs> um what would you say to them? I said that process
1: ends, you know like i went through the process for six months and it ends and eventually at the end of it you have a beautiful child this beautiful whether it's get a son or you get a daughter that's yours for life and also that the emotions are there and and i'm sure every mother goes through some kind of emotions whether it's happy emotions that you're pregnant and you go through that the nine months and you go give birth there's still emotions involved so Mm. the emotions are, are always going to be there part of being a mom is going through endless emotions endless worry When you wake up in the middle of the night, you go check if your daughter is Mm. breathing. I'm sure you've gone through that yourself. (laughs) You just go check and make sure that she's breathing. Every hour. Every hour. Sometimes you just go and sit and watch this person and think of all the things, the crazy things that they have done during the day that made you Mm. mad. And you just love them so much. And you're watching them sleeping peacefully. So the process can be hard. But it's doable. It's not going to break you. If you're determined to do this, it's not going to break you. You can do it and you will get your child at the end of the process.
0: And what do you'd say to someone who's thinking about this, but to saying, I don't have the financial resources. Surely I should wait until I have a partner or I have someone else to do this with. What has that been like for you as a single mom? Oh, I didn't have the
1: money. Initially, I said about the 50,000. We didn't pay that 50,000. So, the adoption Mm -hmm. agency that I used, I think I paid, you get a discount as a single parent. So, I think eventually the total fees was about 15,000 or thereabouts, a few years back then. And you are not buying a child. They they explain it, so they break it down for you. And they also give you time to pay. So, it's not like a once off money that you pay. You pay it over the months. And I think you pay it over a year or thereabouts. So, I did not have like a whole lot of money put aside to say I've got this money saved to have a baby. I didn't. You know, I was going through like most now day by day, day by day. <laughs> I am still going through that day by day, day by day. And I I realized that whatever I'm going to eat, that child is gonna eat, whatever I'm gonna I wear, she's gonna wear that. I put my needs aside so that she is well fed, she is well educated, that she has got a roof over her head. Same thing like any other mom does so you don't have to be super rich and you don't have to be whatever you don't have to put money aside to do this that's what i did maybe other people do that i didn't do that Mm. because i didn't i didn't have that money to put aside yes i would think it's easier doing it with a partner that i can not take that away that because shared emotions are easier but you can do it by yourself I mean, we go through so many things that you keep inside ourselves that are just our emotions. This is one of those, that you can do it by yourself if you want to do it. If you have a supporting family, that's even better. If you have friends that are supporting you, that's even better. Mm. But it shouldn't, your life should not revolve around how other people feel about the process or what you want to do. We make decisions as individuals. So this could be one of those decisions that you make as an individual.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Um, I think one of the things that I've I found very profound is just this the resoluteness that you had right from the beginning to say, I'm going to adopt. I want to be a mother to a child who doesn't have a mother. Yes. For me, that's a big takeaway from this discussion. Just that understanding and that knowledge and, and, and being so comfortable in that decision that by the time you went and told your family, they were like, yeah, but we've just been waiting Raging. for you to come and say <laughs> this
1: right? exactly exactly um, but I do understand that's not an easy decision that's not everybody's decision mm. and I think it's one of those roads let's take it and I took that road and it's not like I knew it from where that I'm going to do this but eventually as I thought about it I became more convinced that this is what I'm meant to do so yeah that's my story thank you thank you CJ